Hello and welcome to this sponsored episode of a Campaign podcast. I am Gurdjit Deegan, Creativity and Culture Editor at Campaign. Today we'll be discussing the changing role of events within marketing, how brand marketers and event professionals can best collaborate to create a lasting impact. Today I also have a co-host. Joining me is Lara Owen, a reporter at our sister title CNIT. Hello, Lara. Hello, it's very exciting to be joining forces for this discussion, particularly as we've got some great guests waiting in the wings to help us unpack this topic. We're joined by Mark Allett, Creative Director at First Event, who are our sponsors for today's episode, and Ben Newbury, Head of Brand Marketing at Yorkshire Tea. How about we hear a few words about yourselves and your roles? Mark, do you want to go first? Thanks, Lara. Hi, my name's Mark and I'm Creative Director at First Event. I've been in the events business for the last 13 years and joined First Event in September. And hello. I'm Ben. I'm the head of brand marketing for Yorkshire Tea. Yorkshire Tea is a brand that is owned by Bessies and Taylor's group. I've worked for them for 13 years, half of which has been spent working on the brand side for Yorkshire Tea. And currently I've got the joy of heading it all up, which means overseeing the the strategy for the marketing of Yorkshire Tea, making sure we build a brand's equity, considering where we go in the future, uh, what things we might make, how we might talk. Um, so it's a pretty exciting but pretty all-encompassing role um, that goes from making adverts to how much do we sell Yorkshire tea for to our customers. Thank you both. Why don't we kick off our discussion with an easy question. Why are events such a useful marketing tool for brands? Um, how do the two complement each other? Mark, would you like to kick off? Sure. Well, I always say that events are probably the loudest part of the conversation with a brand in the whole sort of campaign. They're, they're a, a really great way for brands to get that face-to-face conversation with their customers. It, it drives loyalty through a shared experience. It brings brands to life in, in a way that no other medium can do. It takes, you know, all five senses, you know, it becomes a full multi-sensory experience. It also serves as a, a, a brilliant platform for content generation, to get feedback uh, and to drive data-driven um, decision-making for future marketing strategies and can open up new audiences in an authentic way. Yeah, I think I'd really agree with that, Mark, a lot of that, actually. For us, it's always been a really active tool um, in the marketing mix. I think it can achieve many things across that total mix, whether that's about gaining some insight from the interactions that we might have with anybody that comes to an event or just getting a product in hand. An event or an activation for us can serve many different purposes, um, just depending on what your aims and your objectives are as you think about it uh, in your plan. Mm. Yorkshire Tea, uh, Ben, currently has the biggest market share in black tea in the UK. So on that note, what role has event marketing played in the brand's success, do you think? It's played a fairly big um, part of it, which is not (laughs) overestimated, but it has played a a fairly big role. And and I guess the reasons for that is tea, uh, a normal, humble cup of tea, is to most people something they have a fairly low interaction with. And... They don't really change habits very easily, so it's very habitual. And for us, from at least over 10 years ago, 
Um, having activation and events as part of our mix has been really helpful in overcoming those barriers and finding a moment in which you can encourage people to trial it. And the most integrated example of that is that we, we had an advertising campaign that went on TV, which took our little sampling van, Little Learn, to America. And he went on a tour to demonstrate how uh, we rescued Brits from bad cups of tea abroad. And, and it helped us highlight the qualities that we've got in our brand and the product that we make. But then we brought that across to the UK, the van, and he went on a tour of the UK. And it was really good at kind of going from people knowing our brand to getting them to try it and to get them over that last final step because we know that once you try a cup of Yorkshire tea, there's pretty much no going back because it, we <laughs> believe it's better than everything else. But people wouldn't have that moment. So for us, it's it's been heavily involved in how we've grown, how we've overcome the challenges of awareness and trial in a category that's pretty habitual. And I guess more recently, activation events have started to take slightly different versions of importance. So whether that's popping up and surprising and delighting people wherever they may be in need of a cup of tea and it helps with the community engagement so we can reshare that event uh, so for example we go to some universities and we sample there for a purpose but also it enables us to have it on social media or if we're thinking about accessing a new audience or a, a new area of interest activation can be a really authentic way in for us to, to turn up at something say gaming where we know that's an audience that drinks lots of tea but you've got to be very careful about how you interact with them so that they they buy into you naturally so for us it's got a very long heritage of activation and events and it but it can change over time in terms of its purpose i guess to that earlier point that's how you drive that sort of loyalty through mm. which you wouldn't get from like say for example an out of home campaign mm. so you know you people are actually experiencing the product so through that shared experience you're driving that sort of brand loyalty far better than any other method yeah definitely and particularly if, if we make sure for example like some of our staff are there that loyalty and the warmth of your interaction can really breed even further loyalty and trust because they see you as a really strong ambassador and if you get that interaction really working it really works to build that loyalty yeah and i guess if that's wrapped up in really clever creative yeah. that, that carries the brand voice then it's sort of almost like a perfect mix yeah absolutely yeah when you don't have to be too creative either sometimes just a bit of beer pong or tea <laughs> ping pong can do the job for for getting a bit of interaction the whole notion of tea and community is so cl closely tied, so it lends itself really well to activation, as you say. And Mark, how has the role of events in marketing changed in recent years of, of what sort of Ben's been mentioning? Is this a good change and what do you think it will look like in a few years' time? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think for me and from my past experience, seven, eight years ago, there wasn't really any sort of barriers to anything, if that makes sense. It was sort of like, you know, we want to do this and, you know, we've got X amount of budget to spend on it. Go, go ahead and create whatever you like. I think as, as time went on, comms teams, brands teams, their budgets got squeezed. So they started to think more and more about the purpose behind it and the messaging behind it and what the outputs were going to be and the legacy of the piece, you know, how that was going to work as part of the overall marketing mix. So you had to be more and more clever with the creative and more and more clever with how you were going to work with the strategy and making the event work harder for you. Um, it was almost like doing more for less. And then obviously COVID happened and everyone had to pivot. <laughs> And yeah, 
everything went virtual as we know and from there you know people thought outside the box to coin a cliche and did a lot more stuff digitally and actually we were talking earlier on some of the things that we did virtually went down sort of better than some of the other things that we would do face to face pre-COVID. Um, and I think that was because there was a sort of a leveling piece around the whole thing. So, you know, you'd be talking to people across the nation or across the globe, but they'd all get the same experience because it was a digital piece rather than a face-to-face -face thing. And it wouldn't be focused on one specific area. So that was one of the positives that came out of it. I guess post-COVID, we're seeing that a lot of the techniques and the things that we learned and during that period, we've been able to take through. So I'm thinking specifically around the use of tech and digital and AI to drive things like data collection and sentiment uh, recognition and things like that. But that coupled with um, a real desire for people to get together again and to really sort of drive that face-to-face -face experience has created something I think is slightly well not slightly even probably more stronger than it was you know pre-COVID. Yeah I'd agree on that and I think probably more not from a brand but from a, a participant and spectator of events whether that's a marketing event or a conference that post-COVID that hybrid connection of both having the tech there with people at home or with the ability to immediately get the presentations or see a conversation or be interacted with Q&A has been a really positive addition into even if that was a physical event so it's you know if you can't manage to make something that's really good you know that there's going to be a good kind of hybrid option available even if uh, it is a physical event they, they've still held on to it so that's been a real positive change De definitely i think that what we're finding now especially within our business is that you're able to reach far more people than before mm. using those techniques and i mean one specific event that we do every year is one where there's a there's a an actual hub you know where the, we'll get delegates there but then that spreads out to different communities who dial into that hub through digital and virtual channels the the actual reach of that is huge yeah so the use of tech has really helped the longevity and the legacy of your events and therefore promoting your brand absolutely I had a, another question for Ben. So events are no longer uh, just a moment in time for brands. They offer creativity, sit within the wider content plan for the brand. But should brands be wary of their event partners taking a creative role? Um, uh, no, <laughs> it's a simple answer. And maybe I'm unique in that, but um, I don't think anybody should be wary of creativity at all. And in fact, the more options that you have in anything, creatively or just in any walk of life, I think the better. So for me, I'd be really encouraging. In fact, I'd expect it of a, a partner or, or even in events to be creative, to bring lots of ideas. We were talking earlier about my team and the activation and comms team would have a brief. And if they pass that out to a partner, you know, we'd really expect them to, to come back with some builds and some ideas and some questions because the ultimate output is, is a much stronger activation. It does have some challenges though. And I think um, that's always to be wary. And I think the challenge is really is You've got to know your boundaries on both sides. You've got to know what your brief is and, and make sure that the idea isn't just created for the sake of it, that it can hit your brief at the same time and it, it can be activated well. You've got to be open to compromise, to, to some degree trust, I think is going to be a big part of that. And essentially you've got to know where that, that sits in terms of decision. 
you know, so if a brand is given a, or somebody's briefed somebody, that it, it, does it remain their decision once it becomes there's other ideas and how do you agree on that decision is, is going to be. So there needs to be some structure in place, but the more ideas, the better, I think. I would definitely agree with that. But I think it all boils down to like relationships and fostering those relationships right from the get-go with the client in order to build on their objectives and really getting under the skin of the brand to understand the values, the proposition, the marketplace and understand the challenges that the brands have in order to be able to come to the table with your take on it. And like I was saying earlier on to Ben, it's almost like, you know, coming to that with a different lens. And I guess back to the earlier point about events being the loudest part of a campaign, we're niche, right, as event professionals, but we need to make sure that what we're pu pushing through in terms of the event, you know, all ladders up to where the ca campaign's going as a whole. So it becomes a holistic piece rather than just something that lives and dies in one or two days. Yeah, and you touched on it there. What are the additional benefits of a more long-term partnership between brand marketer and event professional? And what does, as Gadget said, being part of this wider content plan actually look like? So that for me is basically getting to a point where you are acting as a partner to, uh, and becoming an extension of the client's comms, marketing, brand team. And as, as I said previously, getting under the skin of that brand, understanding what makes it tick so that when you produce something for that brand, you're coming back and you're measuring what you've done which will then in turn inform the conversation that you have with the brand or the client the next time round, which again gives you a stronger strategic approach to your creative. Um, and it sort of acts as um, almost like a circular approach to a problem. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd agree on that. There's something for me about longer term is really important because it, it, I guess it demonstrates the depth of relationship and understanding rather than it being just a response to a brief then. And there's lots of nuances, I think, that comes from working with somebody for the longer term, where you just naturally get each other. You might understand a brief quicker. Um, you might quickly get to what they need. So over time, there just becomes lots of efficiencies, I think, in that longer term partnership and a more comfortable space to challenge and to create, to stretch for better work, I think comes from longer term rather than, you know, if you're responding to a brief, you might be a little safer on both sides. The relationships I know can break down between marketers and event professionals. Why does this happen in some cases and where do you think things go wrong? Mainly it goes wrong, my experience is um, it's just been lack of good communication and that might sound simple but it'd be amazing how many times you experience somebody not telling you something either because they think they're protecting you as a client, like if it's going wrong or they're stuck or just not communicating there in detail where the logistics of something, where you might need something delivering to or what time or where you've got to be. That often tends to be the start of the breakdown for me or where things have gone wrong. And it's all of the small things that start to, in our experience, start to break it down and question that. Do we trust them? Are these the right people? Why can't they even get deliveries right? Or So it tends to be little things when it when I think about that world of activation in, in, in our experience, uh, not with Mark uh, and Litco, <laughs> but that has where it's been in my experience. And things can be that tightly compacted that you need it. It needs to run really efficiently and well, and that can break it down. Um, I think the other one is there can be a tension, I think, even if agreed between the goals and the aims of either the the client and the partner really because you know somebody might want to just deliver an event on time quickly 
versus a client, say us, might want to not rush through. We might want to be in an event. Um, we might not want to get lots of samples out, for example. We might want engagement. And there can be a difference in terms of goals that hasn't been well communicated. So for me, they tend to be the main barriers, which is about your objectives, if I was to summarise it down, not being properly aligned, and then poor communication uh, throughout. I'd agree. I'd also add to that as well and build on it in terms of making sure from an agency point of view that the right people are in the room mm. at the right time. So, you know, it's sometimes it's not right just to have like an account manager in the room. You need a strategist in there. You need a creative in there to understand the objectives. Um, it, no, not denigrating what account managers do by any means, don't get me wrong. But sometimes you need someone extra in there just to get under the skin of a problem. I think the other key point here is uh, lots of agencies don't brief back. So after that initial meeting, you won't get a brief back from the agency, which can sometimes lead to a lot of misunderstanding. Whereas a simple one pager, yeah. you know, if you get that right uh, or get it wrong on there, it doesn't matter because no one's done any work. Um, and then keep keeping a comms line open. So have that one point of contact within the agency. So making sure that there is a, there is someone that is there for the clients at all times that they can go to and they know that a phone will be answered an email will be picked up. And then finally, it, it has to be a collaboration. Like the whole thing has to be a, a, a full collaboration. And this is where it breaks down. If it stops being a collaboration and it becomes an opinion from one side and opinion on another side, you know, you, you may as well forget it, really. <laughs> yeah. And in light of that, how should brands choose the right event and the right events agency to partner with? Mark, have you got any advice? I mean, similarly, how can event planners ensure that they've got the right people on board? So I just sort of build on the last points, really. From an agency point of view, and to Ben's earlier point, based on the relationship, you shouldn't be afraid to challenge the client um, you know, because it does create a useful conversation and it does push the client in a, in a direction that they might not have thought about. And that's not to be like arrogant agency. That's, that's just to be there as almost like a sounding board for clients to bounce ideas around with. In that sense, I would say that the agency has to add value. It has to add value to a conversation and then deliver on, on that value, not just be in the room to take an order because that that's not what agencies are about. In terms of, of events, then the event should really reflect literally the brand's values, the brand's purpose and the ambition and all the messages around that should sort of ladder back all to those three points. Yeah, I really agree with all of that. I think if it was about choosing the right partner for us, I think it's really important that you meet them in person. <laughs> you know, it's that classic kind of chemistry session almost where you get to look at them in the eye, you get to interact with them in a more relaxed kind of way and understand them. Um, for me, that would be asking them to make a brew and just having to sit down. And I think that's really important in understanding, can I work with these people? Are they the type of people that would work well with us and fit with us uh, as an organization and, and our values? I think that's really important as, as choice. 
And obviously there becomes about like, can they do it? Have they got the skills? And that's a really separate assessment to that. Um, and I think after that, I think it, to Mark's point, it's just uh, the event really comes down to meeting your aims and ambitions. I think even with uh, partners helping delivering events, it can often be, if you can speak to the people whose event it is, can be often important because for us, we like to challenge and turn up a little bit differently and get to understand if we can do that, like what is the space? I think that is in choosing the event it's um it, it is important to almost go direct to source or at some point to get a sense of who is this event and how do they operate for us so that would be important for us okay i think that is all we have time for thank you ben for taking part and thank you mark at first event uh for also sponsoring the episode and also thanks to Hannah Holt, Haymarket's producer. If you do have any thoughts or feedback, feel free to join the discussion on LinkedIn. Otherwise, thank you very much for listening. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.